0: Poor Boy presents Confabulous Articles, Volume 1, Bonnie Fi D Arlene was a bokey kid. Any time she was tipped off her XY axes, she was likely to land her last half-digested meal in the lap of whichever adult was scrubbing her face clean with a hanky or dragging her along by the arm. Other things set her off too. The path of the telegraph line spooling past the back window of the car. That would do it. Something about the way it sagged down and then got hitched up like a dragging school sock by the pylon. Over and over and over and... Family legend had it that she threw up in the hood of her dad's parka once. When he was driving. I told you I needed out, Dad. This time, the thrum of the wheels under her seat on the train had vibrated its way up through her legs and bum. The train had went... until she was fighting sickness off in waves. If she was jostled getting into her coat or dunted on the way off the train, she'd cowp. But Pawpaw and Pom-Pom walked her carefully into Waverley's main thoroughfare, one of them on either side. Pawpaw's big hand between her shoulders... Her cousin Rona rolled her eyes and called her a Jessie. Then, she stood in front of the three of them, pretending to be the Green Cross man, with her hands on her hips and her legs wide apart like a big X, putting a policeman hand up to folk in their path to stop them coming near, even grown-ups. Stop, look, listen. Pom Pom told her to stop. In an American accent, Rona said, "I'm a handful, ma'am. Just do my job." <laughs> she was excited to be in Edinburgh. Har and Arlene were both double-double excited to be there without their mums and dads. Popo and Pompom would stop at good windows. They would let you have all the cakes from the top of the cake stand before having bread and butter from the bottom bit. They didn't make you help out with dishes to earn it, or get something for your wee brother or sister so they didn't feel left out. Pawpaw and Pompom just bought you stuff because you fancied it. Arlene's mum and Rona's mum both said when they were out with Pawpaw and Pom-Pom, they were... Spoiled ruined. Rona bounced up and down in the middle of the busy station. She pulled the hood of her anorak up and hauled at the cords around it until it shut like a fishing net and her nose stuck out the tiny wee hole. She wiggled her body and shot her feet out in an excited tap dance. Arlene felt a bit better. Pom-Pom was going to get her a hat. And a scarf, and maybe some gloves if they saw something that went. It was much colder than Carnoustie. Arlene, Arlene, look, I'm a train. Pom-Pom rolled her eyes. You're a blether. paw said, Here, yeah. better no waste a good reek. And gave her an unlit capstan full strength out his packet. Rona posed like Diana Dors, sucking on the fag and blowing a sigh of steam out of her mouth. <sighs> My eye, but I was needing that. She sounded like Pom Pom after cleaning the house. Pom Pom flicked her hand out and skiffed her on the back of the head. Popo's laugh was so like Mutley the dog on Catch the Pigeon, it made Arlene's asthma heart just hearing it. <laughs> encourager, John. Arlene looked up past Pom Pom's red winter hat. Up and more up. Like a circus tent. So high. She could almost see a sparkly lady on a swing up there. Between the grey struts and arches of iron. Mm -hmm. Oh no. Mm -hmm. Don't swoop. Mm -hmm. Don't bulk. Mm -hmm. The station sounded like a foundry. Waves of noise. Loudspeakers going... Not really words, banging and whistles, people all busy. She saw a pigeon fit down from the ceiling, a ravel of feathers. It stole a biscuit right out of wee boy's hand. Her head got yanked to the side when Rona pulled her hood. She breathed more hot puffs of steam in Arlene's ear. We're in Edinburgh. I know. Ladies and gentlemen, the amazing Arlene and Rona are going to the big shops. Thrills and spills, ladies and gentlemen. Thrills and spills. Rona was a big fan of Evil Knievel. Come on, you gigglers. Pom Pom was wrapping a red scarf around her neck, almost up to her lipstick. We've to get to Marquis. Mon. Papa said, Is that the direction you're heading? Princess Street? Aye. The lasses need woolies. Right, right you yeah. are. What? Arlene and Rona are in Pawpaw's coat pocket, looking for his poke of licorice bullets. Well, I mentioned to Davy I'd be in town. There's the vittlers next week and he's wanting to speak to me aforehand. I thought maybe I'd nick up and see him, seeing as we're here. John! The vittlers were boring. Pawpaw and Uncle Ali had a pub. On the wall of their pub was a certificate in a frame saying John Anderson Strachan and Alistair Little John Strachan were Scottish licensed victuallers. It meant they'd passed the test to be a good person from the licensing board. They could sell liquor. Liquor like in a cowboy saloon. Every time the licensing board was due, and a lot of times when it wasn't, there was a victuallers meeting. Sometimes they had victuallers meetings even on holidays. Vitler's today was bad. The girls stood together silently, being very good. Arlene's stomach twisted on the inside. The golden day of cakes and treats and hats and scarves and marques could disappear like steam if Papa was meeting a vitler. The vitlers all smelled of gin and whisky and fagreek. They laughed really loud and pinched your cheeks too hard. And they spoke for ages and ages, waving their glass or their fag about while you made one packet of crisps and a lemonade last forever. Pom-Pom was moving her mouth like she was trying to get a toffee off her false teeth. Oh, cheer up, Clara. Bonner de travellers and that. I'll no be all day. He looked down at Arlene, the word gannet. Always asking if she didn't know, because that's what she'd been told to do. We are travellers. Aye, we are that. We came from Carnoustie just now. We did. What's bonnie papa? papa? Well, it's French, I think. And it means real, real honest to god travellers. Like us? Just like us. And do you know what? It used to be that you couldn't get a drink on a Sunday in Scotland unless you were a bonner de traveller and had come at least three and a half miles for it. Is that not awful? Aye. Rona said, "Did you get water? Oh aye, but you couldn't get a drink drink. Pom-pom was a dark, floating cloud of silence somewhere above their heads. She grabbed her nearest shoulder a bit more firmly than it needed. They were too big to run away. Her handbag slid down her arm and dunted Rona. Right, you too. Prince's Street, up all those steps. Now, hod on, said paw What? What for? What would we hod on for? Paw-paw smacked his pockets checking for his wallet as if he was a wee bit worried it might have crawled off and hidden somewhere. Then he went, ah, when he found it where it always was. He took out a note, folded it along its length, and, looking Arlene in the eye, he raised an eyebrow and offered it to her from between his middle and his pointing finger, for all the world like a gambler buying more chips from the dealer in a casino. Arlene took it and said, Thank you. Very quietly. John. That's far too much. Oh no. He looked at the lasses. That's for shading. He said. Then he was John Wayne. Straight down the middle, partners, you hear? Rona said. Thank you, Papa. And flung herself around his waist. Come on. Arlene, put that away where you won't lose it. She takes Arlene's other hand and they move through the people to the foot of the steps up to Prince's Street and Marquis and the Wooly Hats. They hear Pawpaw in the crowd over the wah-wah speaker and the bangs and the whistles shouting cheerfully he'll see them back at the train. Pom Pom's shiny black clumpy heels hit the stone floor like a flamenco dancer and they run skip to keep up. The steps are steep like a mountain, really, really like a mountain. Arlene would like a rope round her waist tied to Pom Pom up ahead. There's a postcard of blue and white sky in the distance way at the top. The steps don't match. Some are concrete. Some are made of shiny stuff with sparkly bits in, like the floor of the station. Some are disgusting and slidey and mossy green and made of gravestone stone. Some are broken. The crush of people bounce off the lassies and keep forcing them to let go of the handrail. Rona says... Hey, mind out. And walks in front of Arlene, saying... Excuse me. Excuse me to folk coming toward them until Pom-Pom tells her to stop her nonsense. They lift their feet nearly waist-high, it feels like. Giant steps, feeling the promise of Princess Street and the blue-white fresh air in front of them and the deep, open mouth of the station falling away behind. The smells change in gusts and puffs. Macaroni and cheese, pipe smoke, aftershave. Wet, metally steam. Mould. They're about halfway up when Arlene gets a whiff of sick in a corner. And just like that... Pom-Pom. She's bulky again. Pom-Pom. I'm gonna be... I'm gonna be sick. In one movement, Pom-Pom gathers Arlene's hair back out the way and spins her to face the wall. She stands behind her and puts an arm round the bear's waist, lifting her up and away from the splattery mess she's making and holding her clear until she's done. Then... She puts her down well out of the way of it all and takes out a pile of hankies. Pom Pom's mouth goes like a pulled thread while she scrubs Arlene's face clean and checks her front for mess. Better? Oh, I'm sorry. I had to. It's all right, Chicky. No harm done. Pom Pom pats her on the bum twice and hooks her handbag hand into Rona's. Come on, you two. Onward and upwards. The hat she got was amazing, like a big blue squashy strawberry. Bonify D was written by Sandy Thompson, Ochmithi and brought to you by the Poor Boy Ensemble, featuring Ashley Smith, Glasgow Brian Ferguson, Glasgow Aileen McCormick, London Frédéric Noguet Paris Elaine Stirrett, Glasgow Robin Ling, Bigger Scotland. Edited by Jeremiah Reynolds. Nashville. Bonifide was initially published in Umbrellas of Edinburgh, an anthology by Freight Books. To make this confabulous article, each cast member recorded their lines separately in their own city on a smartphone. They were later assembled into the story you've heard just now. This has been a confabulous article by Purboy. Backstage information about this volume is available at www dot pearboy dot co dot uk.